Welcome to Egg Annex Talks, a podcast brought to you by the agriculture brands of Annex Business Media. Join the teams behind Top Crop Manager, Potatoes in Canada, Fruit and Vegetable, Manure Manager, and Canadian Poultry Magazines for compelling conversations with some of the most important voices in Canadian agriculture. Bayer Crop Science is a proud supporter of influential women in Canadian agriculture. As a member of Canada's agricultural community, we recognize the hard work and contributions made by women to this important industry and support the sharing of their voices, stories, challenges, and achievements as a way to recognize everything they bring to the table each and every day. Welcome to this episode of Egg Annex Talks. This is Stephanie Crowley. I'm the editorial director of Top Crop Manager Magazine, and I am really excited to be speaking to Lana Shaw today. Lana is the executive director and research manager of the Southeast Research Farm in Saskatchewan uh, and one of the recipients of the 2022 Influential Women in Canadian Agriculture Award. So Lana, welcome to the podcast. It's great to chat with you. Thank you for inviting me. And congratulations. Thank you for uh, your contributions to Canadian agriculture. Let's start by uh, sharing a little bit about you. Um, I'd love it if you could let our listeners know about your current role and your background in agriculture and how you got started. Okay. So I work for a a membership-based nonprofit called Southeast Research Farm based out of Redvers, Saskatchewan. Um, It's part of a network of provincially supported uh, research and demonstration organizations. And I've been there since 2010, so it's getting to be 12 years now. Um, It was not nearly what, it's grown a lot in that amount of time. And I got into agriculture, well, I was basically born into agriculture, grew up on a family farm and that, and it was already, it would be third generation, I guess, fourth, fourth generation on that farm. Mm -hmm. And so I liked marine biology. I liked biology of all sorts, but the the I thought that agriculture was a good practical application of biology in a in something that was fit into my uh, more of my experience than mm-hmm. doing something like marine biology. So that's why I chose to go to University of Saskatchewan for agriculture, and and then it's things have just carried on from there. Awesome. And the farm that you grew up on, was it a mixed grains? Was it um, livestock or just kind of everything? It was a mixed farm. Um, So um, from Darcy, Saskatchewan. So um, cattle and grain. Yeah. Cool. Very good. Um, So your role at Southeast Research Farm is, I mean, that title of the farm kind of speaks for itself. It's a research farm. Can you tell us a little bit about that role and what you do at the farm and kind of what you like best about it? So we, we mainly run what we call small plot research plots or trials. Mm -hmm. So, um, we'll do all kinds of different types of agronomy trials. We're kind of like general practitioners. If, if I was a doctor, I would be a general practitioner. I just do a lot of different kinds of things. I don't specialize in any one particular area, like a Mm -hmm. lot of scientists are very specialized and I'm Mm -hmm. more of a generalist Mm -hmm. so we do all kinds of different trials and I really do enjoy being able to work outside having sort of the seasonality of the crops and from planting to harvest in that cycle I I just enjoy the anticipation of it all and 
but one of the things I like best about my role is the the young people I get to work with each season. And, you know, it's, sometimes that doesn't go very well, but most of the time we've had really excellent people. And I'd like to try to stay in touch with them as they go about their their young people careers. And and that's that's something that I'm quite enjoying this spring is I've got a new crop of young people. Oh, that's fun. Uh, always nice to have those new kind of perspectives coming in and it probably renews some of your excitement for what you're doing too, I'm sure, for when sure. people come in like that. Um, now, obviously being a research farm, you're going to take risks because that's what research is about, trying things and seeing what works. Um, are there risks that you've taken just generally in your career, maybe not necessarily related to your trials, but just kind of uh, something that sticks out in your mind about, you know, a chance that you've taken? So probably one of the biggest career risks I took was um, I quit my job in the public service. At a, I was in a regional office um, and um, I didn't I didn't have a job for a little while. And then I started up part time at this failed research farm. It was it was pretty nearly to closing its doors forever before mm. they found me willing to come on part time. And, and I figured everyone, I didn't know anyone in this community. It was, I'm hundreds of miles away from my home area. And I figured everyone would, would think what kind of purgatory has she gotten into coming out here <laughs> and working for this uh, wreck of a research farm? Uh, what, what terrible things did she do in her past, previous career to deserve this? <laughs> and, um, but I just, I, I thought, I wanted the opportunity to try to prove something. I thought if I can make this work, then mm -hmm. that says something good about what my capabilities are. I wanted to know what I was capable of. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's kind of how it started. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because um, IWCA, Influential Women in Canadian Agriculture, is a nominations-based program, you had several nominations. Um, and one of the um, descriptions and one of the, the forms that was written in um, spoke very candidly about how the research farm was struggling and how you changed that. You turned that around. Not only successfully, you kind of did it the hard way. Um, and the, uh, the nominator actually goes into talking about how passionate you were in valuing the farmer's knowledge and interest and asking the questions um, and advocating for farmers and making that research applicable. So um, I thought it was really poignant that, you know, not only one, you didn't have only one nomination, you had several, um, and that they specifically spoke to um, how much of a challenge that you were walking into there. Maybe, maybe nobody said purgatory like you would, but, but it, it's, uh, that's an interesting comparison, but uh Fixer upper would be a very gentle term for what mm -hmm. I was getting into. Mm -hmm. No kidding. Well, that's exciting. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's um, a challenge. And one of my questions was to, to ask you about a challenge that you faced, and that might be <laughs> maybe one of the biggest ones. Um, but uh, are there any other that you've come across over the year, mm -hmm. like, you know, something or over the years of lessons learned that you've pulled away from some of those challenges? Yeah. Um, I had the benefit of these questions ahead of time. So I was thinking about it. And, yeah, and one yeah. of the challenges that, that I haven't really talked about much before was when I worked at a regional office in the public service, when I was, um, you know, just starting out, I had just had graduated freshly with my master's degree and, and I, and I had my first child. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think I was the first person in that office 
to have the audacity to do that for a woman. Um, and, and I was not well received when I came back. Uh, I was, it was kind of in another purgatory where I was pulled out of field work, which I loved. I was pulled out of doing interaction with farmers, told that I was not good at interacting with farmers and that I should work on websites and communications and, and edit other people's field reports. And, um, I didn't appreciate that. So a little bit more time went on and my, um, my supervisor retired. I got a new supervisor who saw that I was wasted in the office with master's degree, editing other people's field reports and kind of let me loose. Um, and it was just like, he was like my work dad. And that was, um, that was kind of a, a, something that I, I, that was, that was a challenge. And if, and I guess that gets to, you know, your next question is, was about defining moments. That was a major turning point. I don't know how long I would have persisted in agriculture or whether, what I would have done if, Mm -hmm. if I hadn't had someone that could see my potential and was going to like, yes, he wanted to make use of me to, to accomplish things for that he had his goals but Mm -hmm. but he could see I was being wasted and and I partly because he was had had that kind of confidence in me that I I it was scary but I kind of set out on my own with somewhat with the confidence that that he had helped Mm -hmm. instill in me It's a good thing our listeners couldn't see my facial expressions when you were, when you were just describing that, you know, you know, leaving to have a child is not well received in your workplace. And unfortunately, that's something that, I mean, you're not alone in experiencing. Um, that's really tough. Coming back to that and, and persisting through it would be a challenge in itself, you know, let alone having the challenges of motherhood. You know, I, I'm a mom. I understand that, right? Balancing that, the work-life thing. And then you throw into not particularly being super happy at work either. That's difficult. And, okay, I'm going to throw you another curveball. At that time, my husband got uh, spinal and brain cancer. And during that time, he was on disability and then died of cancer. Oh my gosh. Uh, so it was during that time that I kind of had this changeover of of supervisor and that supervisor helped see me through that really bad time mm-hmm. that I had to deal with and then that's partly why I I had left the the role that I was in because I felt like I was going to be defined as Lana the widow with mm-hmm. the two kids isn't that sad for the rest of my life and I had felt like I would rather be have a fresh start somewhere else where I'm not completely defined by that all the time mm-hmm. um so that was wow. that's <laughs> incredible uh, incredible that you were able to you know see through it and and make those changes um given what you know what you were dealing with too that's awful and I'm so sorry that you had to experience that it, that was it, that was hard you know I had some good support at the time but mm-hmm. there's so many things that people through their careers that are just complete curveballs mm-hmm. that I think it's it's important that we're aware of those personal circumstances and try to be there for each other mm-hmm. because there's just so many things that are not good and and I try to so I try to 
be the kind of boss that I had at that mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. No kidding. And that, that you would have needed at that time too, right? That's exactly, you had somebody yeah. there doing that for you, that, that doing exactly what you needed. So mm-hmm. good. It, it's hard to change, to transition into another topic after that kind of conversation, but, you know, I'm sure that, as you mentioned, you leaned on bosses and coworkers and friends and family um, for all kinds of help in that phase of your life. But in across your whole career, there's always advice that you would receive, I'm sure. Um, what advice um, that's really stayed with you and maybe what advice would you give to others who are also looking at either pursuing a career in ag or maybe kind of pivoting like what you did and taking chances? I've, I've tried to not be shy the last because I've, I've had to go and find support mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and sometimes you feel like that that's like weakness or it's oversharing or, you know, nobody wants to know your problems. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that, that is such a, uh, it can be such a, a needed thing to just have people that you can call up and say, I had a horrible week and this mm-hmm. and this and this mm-hmm. happened and not worry that they're going to, you know, think less of you. Like you just need to find those people and cultivate mm-hmm. those relationships. Like that to me was a survival thing. And, and you're better off having them ahead of time. So you have them when you need them. Mm-hmm. Then there's, there was times where I was like, who can I even talk to about some of this? And until yeah. you've built yeah. some of those relationships for people that are somewhat in the industry, somewhat um you know can relate more on a professional level than somebody that has like no concept of what what you're dealing with so i think that's we we should have build those relationships that we can have real conversations with and not just just small talk yeah and in the workplace too you already mentioned this is you know being seen as somebody who's a real person who you know has needs and wants and interests, right. But also working towards goals, you know, not just for the company, but for themselves and, and really just having real relationships with your peers at work is so important. But then, as you mentioned too, like having those people in other parts of your life is just, that's invaluable. Everybody needs that. You all need a village, right? We all, we all do. Yeah. If you could go back, Lana, to the beginning of your career, what advice would you give yourself? I think I'd tell myself to travel more. <laughs> I was, That's always a good one. Always working a lot. Yeah. And didn't travel maybe as much as I would have liked to. And I'm hoping to travel more in the in upcoming years. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I wish I had traveled more before I um before I'd had kids, I guess. Yeah. There's always more opportunity for that. It'll come. I have we've all been kind of stalled in the last little bit, but it's coming back for sure. Oh, for sure. What keeps you excited about agriculture and working in agriculture? Um, I guess circling back to the the young people, mm-hmm. like the new people that may or may not want to come into agriculture, and and um, you know, them. You know, I've got some, two students that are biology students that have never mm-hmm. worked in agriculture before that are out here this summer, and they're going to get an experience in agriculture, and hopefully a good one. Mm-hmm. maybe that will open the door to further careers in agriculture. Maybe they'll do something that's not related to agriculture, but mm-hmm. um, it's, you know, seeing how things are going to change with the, some of the new people coming in that, that is exciting. I'm um, that kind of segues into the, your next one. 
but you should ask the next question because that's sort of <laughs> thoughts are already gone. That's okay. No, that's great. So my, yes, my next question is how do you see that industry changing in, in five to 10 years? And particularly, I always like to hear what folks like to see more of, right? What are we doing right? And what do we need to continue doing? Um, and then maybe even thinking back, I'm going to expand on this a little bit, thinking back to, you know, five or 10 years ago, what could you have used then that we have now? Do you know what I mean? Like kind of in your ideal world, what's happening? Well, that's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> um, I, I, I do want to see more diversity in agriculture mm-hmm. in terms of people. Mm-hmm. Um, that, and and that's not just in, you know, ethnicity or whatever. It's also in background. Mm-hmm. Um, then when I was growing up, most of the people in agriculture were coming from farms. Yeah. But there's the demographics. That's not going to be enough people to sustain agriculture that we you know expect all the farmers and the agronomists and every the salespeople to be coming from an agriculture background that's just mm-hmm. not realistic because mm-hmm. the rural ag farm population is not as nearly as big anymore mm-hmm. so we need to be more receptive of people that are coming from more urban or um you know small town kind of environments that don't have much hands-on agriculture experience and mm-hmm. and be prepared to teach them and answer questions that we think are obvious, but to them, they're not. So mm-hmm. just patient and take the time to explain things. Um, so I think there's com- kind of coming along with that, there's more of an embracing of, of ecological approaches in agriculture mm-hmm. of, uh, it's, I, I, the work that I do is very relevant to that. And, you know, more and more of the, the young people are very interested in changing agriculture. And mm-hmm. at no point has agriculture been static. Mm-hmm. Agriculture has always changed here and everywhere else. So yep. this fighting change is futile. And um, so just figure out how to adapt in smart ways. That's what I've you know, tried to communicate and tried to emulate over years. Um, as far as like what I wish anybody had told me or what I, or what I wish some things had been in place. Um, I wish there was more of an embrace of, of like your understanding of like parenthood and mm-hmm. working that into our careers and that like even there's big strides to be made still, but you know, being able to talk about parenting things whilst mm-hmm. in a professional setting and not have everyone weirded out, um, organizing a baby shower for people yeah. that, you know professionally is like something that you know nobody ever really would have thought to do for me at that time. So I think there's there's things we can do to to make it more acceptable and part of the work. I, I remember last year for one of these podcasts, I um, interviewed Leona Staples from the Jungle Farm and out in Alberta. Um, and she was talking about, you know, being a farmer and being a mom. And, you know, her parents were also farmers. And she remembers being babysat. I have air quotes, right? Babysat in the field with, you know, her siblings and and taking care of things while her parents were in the field, tending to their strawberries. Um, and, you know, 
what I've learned from doing these conversations and the influential women program, just in general, is that, you know, the role has changed, but the industry is maybe just a little behind in recognizing that women play an integral part of, you know, all sorts of the industry, right. We're involved, but that doesn't mean that we're not still having children and having families and wanting to be, you know, recognized as important at home and at work. And I think maybe we're a little bit behind on that. And it's not just on the farm side of thing, right? We, you know, we have women farmers, but we also have, as you say, with salespeople, we have veterinarians, we have, I'm in ag media, we're getting there, but there's still some work to be done in, in, um, in leveling women up in this industry, I think. And, and one of the challenges is like world daycare. Of course. Having childcare, you can't necessarily rely on the grandparents or Mm -hmm. some other family members to be able to look after kids. If you're trying Mm to do work and yes, you know, there's going to be children in, in tractors and combines driving around the field as a (laughs) means of childcare sometimes. But if you're trying to do office work or you're trying to go do crop checking, there's only a certain amount of having your kids tag along with you that you can do. I did do some of that. Like we moved right out to the research farm for a while and I had pretty young kids and, and um, that was one of the ways that, that I made it work is that my workplace was right at basically right at home and, Mm -hmm. and I could go drive around with them and go crop checking, but not everybody has that ability mm-hmm. to, to have their kids along with them when they're going and doing some consulting or sales calls. Like that's, right. that's not a realistic thing. So yeah, it's, there's, there's issues in the rural areas for sure. It's for access to child adequate childcare and then, and workplaces where there's enormous travel involved mm-hmm. or jobs, or there's a lot of travel involved. That's mm-hmm. really hard to fit with childcare. Yeah. So, those are all they're they're obstacles that are worth thinking about and yeah. you know there's there's a reason that there's women there's not a tremendous amount of women my age that are still working full-time in in like professional roles in agriculture like outside of farming mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of obstacles yeah there's still lots of room for improvement always yeah yeah is there anything else that you'd like to mention lana or anything that you could think of um before we sign off today no i don't think i think it's a it's an all right place to to leave it i'm i'm excited about agriculture i'm um but you know obviously i'm willing to use the position that i've got to to try to help other people to Mm -hmm. to so that i'm i don't want to be by myself (laughs) i want to help open the door for more people yeah so um that's, that's what I'll try to keep doing. Awesome. It sounds like people have been, uh, I feel like it's a key word that's keep, that keeps coming up in our conversation is it's all about the people that you surround yourself with and, um, yeah. and rely on when you need to. So yeah, I've talked about crops shockingly little. <laughs> well, we'll save that for top crop managers. We've, we've written about your yeah. trials there, but, uh, but this is more about you. So. Yeah. And it's not something that I, you know, anyone invites me to come and talk about, I'm usually talking about crops. So yeah, this is exactly. different, a bit of a change of topic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a pleasure speaking with you and learning a little bit more about your story. And thanks for everything that you do and, and for sharing those hard challenges and, and, you know, your 
advice and accomplishments too. It's all, we're all working towards the greater good of building our industry up. And this is an important part of it. Thanks for tuning in to Ag Annex Talks, the podcast hosted by the agriculture brands of Annex Business Media. You can subscribe to Ag Annex Talks wherever you listen to podcasts or visit eggannex.com to catch up on all of our other episodes. Thank you.